Welcome to the Wellstanding Podcast. This is episode 309. Today is March 12, 2020. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, today we're going to talk about a dividend strategy that works all the time and especially works in bear markets like we're in right now. And this message is so important that I'm going to include it and play it over at my YouTube channel. Generally, I try and keep these platforms separate, but I think that today's message is so important, I want to put it on both platforms. And frankly, I'm also very pressed for time, and I just haven't had the opportunity to put together a visual YouTube video. So for now, this will suffice. And speaking of different platforms, you want to be watching the commentary over at investablewealth.com. You can sign up for free email notices. You won't be spammed. You won't be abused. You can unsubscribe at any time. Now, as far as current conditions, nothing in my mind has changed. I've been saying for a long time now, this is a virus. It's not stage four cancer. To me, that means that it's going to be a short-term issue. I don't know if it's going to be a week, a month, a year. I mean, I can definitely see a scenario where this goes away over the summer in the uh, Northern Hemisphere and then comes back in the fall and we have to deal with it some, you know, into 2021 and then eventually it burns itself out. But it is a virus. Long term, I remain believing that this is going to have no major impact on the economy or on the stock market. What I want to do is focus on long term trends. Because in an environment like this, one day the market's up 5%, the next day it's down 8 It's too turbulent to identify a specific trend. And even when you do, it can turn on you in a split second. That's why I don't speculate. That's why I don't consider myself a day trader. I'm a long-term swing trader. I try and move in and out of the market based on longer-term trends. My main philosophy over the years has been, if I think we're headed into a recession or some kind of a prolonged bear market, I get out of the market. I mean, if I think a train wreck is going to happen, I'm going to get off the tracks. I don't want to be anywhere near it. However, on the other hand, if I think that the overall economy is sound and long-term, the market's going to go up and there may be a lot of choppiness and volatility in between here and there, then I simply hold. I don't try and get in at the lowest price or pick the bottom or try and get out the exact top. If you have the time and patience and discipline, you can make a lot of money that way, and you don't get heartburns or ulcer or get neurotic doing it. And so as far as the current crisis we find ourselves in, every time I've come up with extra cash and the market has dipped, I buy into it. Because I think that this virus is eventually going to go away, whether it's a week, a month, a year. But at some point in the future, if I'm owning quality, blue chip, dynamic and growing companies, then my money is going to be worth more then than it is now. That's the underlying fundamental concept of investing. And that takes us into today's topic, which is a dividend stock strategy. And it's as simple as this. A portion of your portfolio should be invested in dividend-generating income. Now, it depends on your risk profile and your tolerance and what kind of a time horizon you have before you're going to need this money. It's not a question of whether you should own dividend stocks. It's a question of how much of your portfolio should be invested in dividend stocks. The reason for this is twofold. Number one, dividend-paying stocks tend to be companies that have been in business and successfully generated profits for not only decades, but in some cases over 100 years. They're the old stodgy blue chip type companies generally. They're not often that exciting to invest in. You won't see as much growth out of these companies, but they're solid, profitable companies that you can generally depend on. 
So number one, you want to invest in them because they're good, solid companies, or otherwise they wouldn't be consistently year after year, decade after decade paying a dividend. Number two is that dividend is there for you even in a down market. While the dividend isn't guaranteed, good quality companies do their best to protect that dividend and try never to reduce it or eliminate it unless the situation is very dire. Now, we're currently going through a dire situation in the markets right now. We may see some dividends being reduced in the energy sector stocks, so that's always a risk. But if you're investing in something like a Chevron or an ExxonMobil, a really good quality blue chip company that's well run, they're going to be the least likely in that sector to reduce their dividend, and if they do, they are going to try and come back and reestablish it whenever they can. So the big money takeaway here is that dividend-paying stocks generally pay their dividends in good times and in bad. And the dividend is generally not reduced because it's a set amount per share, and it doesn't vary with the share price. That's the big thing that most people miss. For example, let's say you have a $100 stock, and just to keep the math simple, let's say they pay a 4% dividend, and that means 4% a year. So if you had one share of that stock, it would be worth $100, and since it was paying 4% a year, over the period of a year, you would receive $4 for every share of stock that you owned. Generally, they pay dividends on a quarterly basis. And in this example, you'd receive $1 every quarter for a total of $4 in the year. That's a $100 stock paying $4 a year, $1 every three months. And the way you calculate the dividend percent on that is you divide 4 by 100, which is 4%. What you have to realize here is that it's the percentage of the yield that changes, but not the dollar amount. So let's just say that that $100 stock doubles. It goes up to $200. Well, the dividend payout doesn't change unless the board of directors authorizes a new one. But generally, it remains set. So even though the price of the stock doubled, you now own one share that's valued at $200. The dividend paid out every year is still only $4. So the dividend payout remains the same, but the yield has been cut in half because the price of this stock has doubled. Instead of it now paying a 4% rate of return, the yield is now only going to be 2% because it's $4 divided by $200. So you still get the same payout, but the percent has changed. Now that may sound convoluted, but that actually works in your favor because generally the reason the stock price went up is because the company earnings went up and if the company earnings truly went up, then the board of directors will authorize a vote to increase the dividend, and so eventually the dividend will catch up with the higher price of the stock. And that $200 stock someday would be likely to be paying a dividend of $8 a share because the company is profitable enough to return some of that money back to the shareholders. That's what a dividend is. It's the company taking a portion of their earnings and instead of keeping it or reinvesting it, they take that extra earnings, they divide it by all the outstanding shareholders, and they give everybody a percentage of the profits based on how many shares you own. That's how the dividend is ultimately calculated. Well, here's why it works so well in a bear market, or when the market's down, or for that matter, even when the market's flat. Since that dividend payout remains the same, we'll go back to our example with a $100 stock. Let's just say that we're in this bear market, your $100 stock is cut in half, now it's only worth $50. Well, as long as it's a good quality blue chip company and they're not overextended, 
then they have enough money in their operating capital and in their cash flow to continue to pay a dividend regardless of the amount of the stock price. So they're going to keep paying that $1 every three months. So at the end of the year, you'll still receive your $4, even though the value of your stock has been reduced down to $50. And so in this case, the payout remains the same, $4, but the dividend yield has gone up to 8% because you're now receiving $4 based on your $50 investment. That's an 8% return on your money. So you see how this is working now and why it's important? And this is particularly important as you get older and you move towards retirement or in retirement. Because you've heard me say many times, your goal should be to reduce your retirement savings by only about 4 to 6% every year. So if you had a million dollar portfolio, you could rely on that to be there to consistently allow you to take forty dollars to $60,000 out every year. That way, if you're investing your money in a conservative fashion, trying to consistently get somewhere around, you know, 5 to 8%, that's your goal. You can do that conservatively. Historically, if you look at the returns in the S&P 500, you generally see it, it returns about an 8%. Now, again, it's going to fluctuate drastically year to year, but on average, it's going to generate about 8%. So if you're spending down your retirement savings at only a rate of, say, 4 to 6%, then that way you're less likely to run out of your retirement savings because it's growing in at least the same rate that you're taking it out. So let's get back to our dividend strategy. Remember, these dividends are going to pay out the same amount regardless of the stock price. So if we're in a bear market and all the prices are down 10, 20, 30, 40%, if your million-dollar retirement portfolio was invested broadly and diversely in stocks and exchange-traded funds that paid a consistent, reliable dividend and let's say they were generating $30,000 a year of income, well, even though the value of your million dollars just has been reduced drastically because we're in a bear market, those stocks are still going to pay you $30,000. And that's money that you can draw out of your retirement account without having to sell any shares in the stock because dividends can be paid in cash. So that means that when you own that $100 stock and during the bad times it drops down to $50, you don't have to go out and sell it at a discount to get money to pay your retirement living expenses because every quarter, remember that $100 stock that's now $50, it's still paying you a dollar every three months. Any dividends that you can draw out of that portfolio are going to be money that's there that you can spend without having to liquidate your stocks. And in years when you don't need it, you can roll that money over and buy more stocks so that in the future they do appreciate and you can get a higher rate of return on your investment. Depending upon your risk tolerance and market conditions, you can probably generate a dividend-producing income of somewhere between, say, 2 and 3%. Now, you can do a lot higher than that, but I'm just using conservative numbers here. And think about it this way. If you're generating 2 to 3% in dividend payments that you can rely on even when the market's down, and if you're going by that rule of thumb where I talk about the 4% drawdown or certainly not to exceed a 6% drawdown, then a large percentage of your retirement income can come from that dividend alone. If you're drawing down your account at 4% and it's paying you a 2% dividend, that would mean you'd only have to liquidate 2% of your principal. And if you can get it up to, say, 3% and you're only drawing it down 4 well, you're only going to take out 1% of your principal, that's practically a rounding error, something you wouldn't even have to really worry about. This is why dividend stocks are so important. But again, they're not only important for older people that are in or approaching retirement, they're important to younger people as well because, as I mentioned, 
dividend stocks, although they're not glamorous, and although they don't have the same capital gains appreciation of a growth stock, they are good quality stocks that you can rely on to appreciate in the future, and more importantly, they're solid investments that continue to pay that dividend even during the bad times. So how do you find dividend-paying stocks where you can simply go out there to any financial website, get a list of the S&P 500, and sort them based on their dividend? And then from there, you can decide whether that stock is fundamentally sound, whether it justifies you putting your hard-earned money into it, and also whether you think long-term trends are going to be favorable where that company is going to continue to grow and profit in the future. Now, I'm not going to make any recommendations here, but I'm simply going to read off a list to you of some of the largest companies in America right now and what they pay for a dividend. ExxonMobil, over 8%. Wells Fargo, over 6%. Chevron, AT&T, over 6%. IBM, almost 5.5%. Pfizer, Verizon, Boeing, all paying over 4%. Cisco, J.P. Morgan, Texas Instruments, Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Merck, Amgen, Bristol-Myers Squibb, all paying over 3%. Pepsi, Johnson & Johnson, Home Depot, Lockheed Martin, Procter & Gamble, McDonald's, all paying somewhere between 25 and 3%. All these stocks are on sale. They're all being drastically impacted by coronavirus. This virus is someday going to burn itself out and go away. You can run through that list that I just mentioned. You don't have to buy them all, but I'm sure that you could pick out a handful of stocks that you think that in the future are going to be worth more than they are today. And in the meantime, they're going to be paying you dividends from 2 to 8%. That's the beauty and the magic of owning dividend-paying stocks. Well, hey, as always, thanks for listening. Until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.